The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio again. And uh, it's time now for the Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm Show with our host, Lieutenant Colonel Retired, Phil Forsberg. And Phil, how are you doing this morning? And I assume Phil's there. Phil, how are you doing this morning? Okay, well, maybe Phil isn't there. Uh, I thought he would uh, show up and say something, but uh, anyway, uh, we've got a great show lined up with Phil Forsberg, and uh, we're going to take this opportunity to uh, let you know something that's going on that we think is fantastic. And we'll be right back right after this. Hey, folks, this is Victor Armanderes with the On Point with Victor show right here from the America's Web Radio studios with some great news. You need to mark your calendars December 23rd, and that's a Thursday. From 12 to 3, I will be guest hosting for the Eric Erickson Show. That's the nationally syndicated Eric Erickson Show, your humble host right here from America's Web Radio, On Point with Victor. I will be guest hosting for the Eric Erickson Show from 12 to 3, December 23rd, and that's a Thursday. Mark it down. Okay, and uh, a bad on my part, and uh, I apologize for that, folks. Uh, I was going after one button, and it was at the other button. So we've got Phil on the line, and uh, we're going to be talking, remembering Desert Chill and Desert Storm. But before we get into that, we always like on veteran shows, we like to uh, do a moment of silence and uh, think about our veterans, think about those that are on active duty and those that have given the ultimate sacrifice. At the same token, we uh, we want to add something today to uh, our show, and that is that I would like everybody to, as we're thinking about our veterans, to also think about those that were hurt in Tennessee and Arkansas and, and particularly Maysville, Kentucky. So we'll be back right after this and we'll, at that point, we'll play one of our favorites.
Okay, amen, and we appreciate you taking the time to pay respect to our veterans and the families of our veterans that have given the ultimate sacrifice and also uh, the tragedy in Arkansas and Kentucky and Tennessee and so many people affected, and I'm sure in all of those affected, there were a lot of veterans as well. So we're going to get started with Phil right after our Jody. Okay, and we're back, and we've gotten our Jody in, and now we have Lieutenant Colonel Retired Phil Forsberg on the line. Uh, that was my bad to begin with, Phil. I just, too many buttons, and I hit the wrong one. But anyway, how are you doing this morning? I'm well, David, and I hope you're well as well. Yeah, uh, physically, I'm okay. We We may have a question about mentally, but other than that, I'm okay. And uh, speaking of mentally, uh, I mentioned to you and want to mention again that if you happen to be suffering from PTSD and uh, can't sleep at night and have not been able to find any way to help you, we do have, not I don't want to say a cure, but we do have uh dentist slash physician md that has an answer to your problems and if you'll email us at gm at americaswebradio.com i'll see that you get in touch with uh our friend that he is 99 percent effective and he's uh he was a medic in vietnam and uh that's what we're going to talk about today is medics and how they have served and many of them now this gentleman was not a conscientious objector he went in and uh, wanted to be a medic and he was a medic and uh, you know he, he uh, medics i i just have all the respect in the world for and what's your feeling phil about medics yes sir i love them <laughs> I, I, I love uh, Army doctors, Army dentists, uh, 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 physicians' assistants, uh, the, the the medics in the field, the air ambulance pilots. Don't uh, forget, don't forget those nurses. Yeah, Bob. Uh, yeah, I have great affection for them. Let's just say that. <laughs> I understand, and uh, they are angels and. When they come in on a Huey or whatever, they're angels from the sky. And uh, I know many uh, a veteran owes their life to the triage and the, the pilots and the uh, folks that help get them back to uh, their station. Uh, what This is what I wanted, uh, you know, this show is going to be about today. The topic is... Uh, Medics and uh, the mobile, like Mash, uh, what you all had in 
the in Gulf Shield and uh, and I say Gulf Shield, Desert Shield and Desert Storm as far as as triage and uh, in my opinion it has come so far. I mean it's it's not that people are not still dying and and all of this. That's the terrible side of it. But at the same token, so many more have lived because of the bravery of those that would pick them up in the field and take them back to a uh, safe area and uh, into a mobile hospital. So what say you on that, Phil? Uh, you know, I can't say anything but praise for them. Uh, you know, they're, they're heroes. And, uh, you know, every one of them, we just, uh, you know, <clears throat> if, if you're going to send guys out to fight and you provide them, you know, the, the top notch medical support and, uh, an air ambulance and, and, uh, the aid stations and all that forward, um, support for their medical care, um, it just does a tremendous amount sort of uh, giving them the courage, the confidence to go and, and fight, and do, you know, and do the mission, uh, knowing that uh, there's systems in place to take care of them right away uh, when when something goes really bad. Well, there's a there's a term in the medical profession of the golden hour. And what can be done in that first hour can save the person's life. And uh, I don't know of any other country that does more for their fighting heroes than the United States. Let me ask, in your experience, obviously uh, in Iraq and uh, in Desert Shield and Desert Storm, I assume, quote, unquote, the enemy had nothing to compare with what we could do as far as uh, administering to the wounded. True. And, uh, you know, the, the total number of uh, U.S. combat death in, in Desert Storm was uh, 143. And uh, I think... Uh, a great deal of our um, of our uh, medical effort during that was was taking care of the, the wounds that we inflicted on Iraq, and uh, we uh, I'm sure we wowed them with uh, the care that that we would give to, to our own enemy, and it, it says a lot about our nation and and our priorities. Without question, I, I I don't know, I've, or I've never heard, and I certainly don't know of any other country that will do what we will do, not only for our folks, but for the enemy as well. And uh, just where 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 do you feel like that came from, Phil? Well, you know, I guess during Vietnam. Uh, we, we had an air mobile war, um, because of, 
think mostly the thinking was the limited infrastructure road network, uh, you know, in Vietnam that we wanted to be able to move rapidly throughout the country, um, and apply, uh, combat power where we needed it. And we also, uh, maybe as a byproduct of that, we, we recognized that, uh, we could save our, uh, save our fighting strength and save the lives of, of our uh, troops if we would, uh, you know, you employ the, the same mobility to uh, getting them out of, uh, out of harm's way once they're wounded. And so, <clears throat> we, uh, you know, it, it's just something I think that, that evolved. I mean, we've always wanted to have a capability to take care of our, our combat uh, wounded but uh, this really revolutionized things. Um, you know, well, I like, I, you know, I flew helicopters quite a bit. And, uh, you know, we used to say, you never need a helicopter until you need one really bad. <laughs> and uh, I guess particularly for Vietnam veterans, uh, there, there's no better sound than the, of the Huey coming towards you if you're wounded. And like you yep. said, you don't need a helicopter until you need a helicopter. Yeah. But really bad. You know, Vietnam, and you hate to say it, but it revolutionized the use of the helicopter. Just like you were saying, it wasn't a, it was in some ways a ground war, but it really wasn't because, uh, we had the introduction of the, dust-offs that were more important than ever, and then also the the gunships that came out of it. And uh, they would, they basically converted the Huey into a, a modified gunship for a while until uh, we came up with the, uh, I guess the first one was the uh, Cobra, right? Yeah, uh, of course that was, uh, it was not a big stretch from from the Huey, just made it skinnier and concentrated on the on the weapon systems. Um, but the um, yeah, the the Cobra was was the first uh, designed heli- uh, attack helicopter, and then of course uh, the Apache. They say uh, that was the first one that they designed from the ground up, and uh, we did have the the A model Apaches with us in Desert Storm, and they acquitted themselves. Uh, quite well. So, back to the S.H.I.E.L.D. and, and STARM, um, how close were the triage centers to the actual uh, line of fire, or the uh, demarcation line, I guess? Uh, were they within, uh, you know, a few minutes, or did they uh, were they further back behind the line? <clears throat> no, they were pretty close. And, you know, they had their own, uh, field ambulances up there. Uh, they have, uh, uh, each, uh, each, you know, uh, uh, infantry or armor or cavalry or artillery battalion would have its own, uh, aid station. And it, it, it's organic to the battalion. And, uh, they go up, you know, right up to the, uh, where the battalion goes, 
Odessa. We're not not far from the battalion uh, operations center. You find the uh, the battalion aid station, uh, and uh, that you know that's that's where the troops you know get rushed into first with probably a ground ambulance, and then they they call in air ambulance from there if, if it's uh, you know time critical, and they'll. Uh, they get them back to the rear. There was a we had a major uh, hospital there at uh, King Fahd Airport in Damam, uh, where our aircraft were based, and uh, the, uh, it was quite a big hospital, quite a lot of medical support there. And uh, I think our planners um, were pretty well. You know, it's it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Oh, absolutely. Um, and uh, our planners, you know, really loaded us up with uh, with medical uh, personnel and, and uh, hospital capability, air ambulance capability, uh, the Army Reserve, uh, a number of guard units uh, that do air ambulance work were mobilized and sent, as well as uh, you know Army. Field hospitals, and um, they, yeah, they, they did a wonderful job. So from there, they'd load them up and uh, send them to Germany. Is that right? Um, you mean uh, the, the evacuating the wounded? Right. If they were, yeah. if they couldn't handle it on scene, they'd send them to Germany, right? Yeah, uh, the army has a big uh, hospital in Landstuhl, Germany. Um, and uh, that, that's kind of even through the Iraq and uh, in Afghanistan, you know, Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Enduring Freedom time frame. Our uh, soldiers that were evacuated uh, evacuated out of theater went first to Landstuhl, generally to Landstuhl Army Hospital, and then uh, from there to the state. Phil, I'm going to uh, stop here and take a break and. Uh We'll be back with Lieutenant Colonel Retired Phil Forsberg right after this break and uh, listen to some very important information. We're, we're so excited about what's coming up on December 23rd. We'll be back right after this. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. Seven Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Hey, folks, this is Victor Armendariz with the On Point with Victor show right here from the America's Web Radio studios with some great news. You need to mark your calendars December 23rd, and that's a Thursday. From 12 to 3, I will be guest hosting for the Eric Erickson Show. That's the nationally syndicated Eric Erickson Show, your humble host right here from America's Web Radio, On Point with Victor. I will be guest hosting for the Eric Erickson Show from 12 to 3, December 23rd, and that's a Thursday. Mark it down. And I want to say uh, how proud we are of Victor and the fact that they came to Victor and uh, we appreciate them looking into uh, America's Web Radio and we accept, expect some great things out of Victor as well as we want to thank all of our great hosts including Lieutenant Colonel Retired Phil Forsberg that does the Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm show every Monday. So... 
With that being said, who knows, Phil? They may be coming after you next. Okay. <laughs> I'll consider myself warned. That's right. But, uh, no, we, uh, all of our hosts, uh, are just absolutely fantastic in sharing their experiences, sharing their stories, and are so knowledgeable about their whatever that happens to be, whether it's the doctor's lounge and our doctors or our friend uh, Roger B. that does the Locked and Loaded show and also our close friend Mark Bouchard that does a bite of reality. And uh, I, I got to add Pete, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Pete Mecca is also, he does a fantastic a veteran story. And the, we are the veteran station and we bring news, uh, just like Phil does. And I'll, I'll just go ahead and ask in the middle of your show, Phil, any news on that you need to pass on from the DAV? Uh, well, you know, uh, they have a number of, uh, of, uh, legislative initiatives. And, uh, you can, you can check with the DAV, uh, um, your local chapter to find out, uh, just what legislation is being proposed, who the sponsors of that legislation are, and, and how you can, how you can help advance. But they spend a lot of time, uh, you know, uh, developing a legislative agenda and finding out the things that are, that are, uh, causing difficulties to veterans. Uh, and then they they work with uh, uh, legislators to to craft uh, laws that are going to uh, to fix and, and uh, support it. So um, the uh, the best place to check is is your local DAV chapter, and uh, and if you're a member, then you can check you know with uh, with DAV National. They'll tell you what their uh, legislative agendas are, and you're hopefully you're getting there their uh, emails do you want to put a uh, plug in for the service officers while we're doing it well certainly uh, if you are a veteran uh, and uh, or currently serving on active duty uh, you you need to know what your rights are what what benefits you've earned uh, through your service uh, and uh, you know you in order to develop or find out really what what benefits uh, you're entitled to, you can talk to a service officer, a veteran service officer from one of the veteran service organizations. Um, I I work as a uh, service officer for the DAV, but there's also the VFW, there's also American Legion, and a host of others um, that have service officers, and they don't charge anything. To, uh, to assist you if you're submitting a claim or having difficulty uh, with something with, the, you know, obtaining your benefits from the VA, uh, the service officers are there to help you without cost and to help you unravel some of the bureaucracy that you find. Um, it's so frustrating to our troops. And, and that goes for family members of veterans that uh, they may not know all of the benefits that are available to their spouse and yep. are even if they, their spouse has, has died 
um, there are still benefits available. Oh, one very important question I got to ask Phil: What do you think of that football game? Uh, well, you know, I would have wanted Army to win, but uh, it was actually a pretty good game. Uh, I, uh, I was. Uh, invoking the Lord's blessing on, on the cadets and midshipmen as they went in there, just asking for good sportsmanship and, uh, no injuries. So I think, uh, I think my prayers were answered. There were, there were some injuries, but, uh, you know, it's a game. It's, impo- it's an important rivalry, uh, because it, uh, it instills in, in these young leaders, uh, what they're going to need. Uh, as they prosecute our nation's wars and, and uh, keep our uh, our troops ready for for battle, and uh, probably the best way to ensure peace is to be prepared for war. Absolutely, and you know, in watching the game, I these are our heroes of tomorrow, and. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget, I guess the first time I ever really totally got into it was with a guy that was a quarterback, and I'm sure that you never heard this name, Roger Starbuck. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, he was Navy, of course. Right. But, you know, I, uh, I don't know, there was just something about Roger that he just exuded lead, leadership. And uh, he went in and served his time and uh, came back out and went professionally for a while. But, you know, the importance of the Army-Navy game to me is that I, I doubt that there was a, a person on the field. In fact, I know there wasn't a person on the field that didn't want to win the game. But at the same token, how... Our military, be it the Navy uh, bombing from offshore or the Army calling in support, whatever the case might be, our military does and can and work together in all situations. And although they're competitive, particularly on the football field, they're still the military of the greatest nation in the world. And I guess the only way we could uh, really mess up that game is we could throw some uh, Marines in. Well, you know, there are uh, Marines, if they want to go to the service academy, typically they go to the, the Naval Academy and they can be commissioned into the Marines. And there are a number of, uh, of players there that indicated that they were going for a Marine Corps service. And then you can't beat the flyover either. Yeah, flyover's good. Uh, I like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've done so much flying in my time that, uh, I, I appreciate the, the speed and beauty of the aircraft, but uh, just the noise. Noise is more than I want. <laughs> well, I just, I, uh, I must say, tighten up when I see the, uh, distance between the wings and, uh, that's talent as well. And uh, anyway, it was a great game, and I think that uh, we need it, and we need the support of all branches, and 
we need civilians to realize how our military, no matter what branch it is, can and does work together. And uh, so let's get back with, in fact, I'm sure there was some interaction uh, in uh, Desert Shield and Desert Storm between uh, the military. And I don't think if it's, uh, you know, I'm sure some of the injuries were transferred to uh, medical ships or ships that had more facilities maybe than the, than the field did. And, uh, you know, I... I I guess, David, yes, sir. We had uh, we had a hospital ship. Uh, I can't remember. It could have been the Mercy or whichever, but it was it was afloat in the Gulf itself. And uh, uh, and I don't know how many people ever went uh, aboard that ship of our of our wounded, but uh, they did provide that hospital ship. I recall. We were a little bit taken aback one day when we, uh, I sat down with, uh, this fella, uh, in the mess hall opposite me. He was in the Air Force and I asked him what was his job in the Air Force. He said he, uh, was a heavy equipment operator, uh, for earth moving equipment. And I said, uh, what do they got you guys doing? Huh? I said, we're real, real busy. This is before the hostilities kicked off. I said, what are you doing? He said, well, we're building a morgue. I said, a morgue? He said, yeah, a big morgue. Well, I don't think they ever finished it, and uh glad we didn't need it. Oh, yeah. You know, that's... But, uh, once again, our planners were, were leaning forward on that one. Yeah. I, uh, my son, and I can't remember the unit uh, in the Air Force that he was in initially, but in his, it was under his intel, but, uh, one of their, one of his, uh, possibilities of deployment, uh, was to, and I, I can't really imagine my son doing this, but, uh, one of their possible deployments was to go in and set up airports and set up the intel operation, uh, at the airport. And, uh, they were to go in, and uh, they were the ones that uh, drove the bulldozers, and you know, got got a landing strip ready for the other uh, folks to come in. And uh, I thought that was a little strange for Intel, but that was that was part of their assignment. And uh, how do you argue with the person that's on top of you? You know. Yeah. Know too much about that. I know. I know the Air Force does have units that do. Uh, they call it uh, vertical and horizontal construction. Uh, so <laughs> vertical is like your buildings and such, and, and horizontal is your airstrips. Yep. And uh, he, uh, I guess he's now, or not anymore, but was MOS qualified as a bulldozer operator there for a while, but. Uh, thank goodness he never had to do it. He was never deployed uh, uh, in a situation that he would have to do it. But, you know, our going back to Desert Shield and Desert Storm, and uh, you're certainly the expert on it, and I'm not, but would you say that in most cases, no matter what the situation is, 
we learn something out of it, whether it's on the medical side of it or the physical military side of it or whatever the situation is, we always learn something. Well, we we do, and you know, and we're constantly learning. Uh, and I'll tell you that uh, it doesn't just benefit military. Uh, a great deal of uh, medical pioneering that's been done, um, you know, has been translated into uh, um, civilian medical practices, especially in emergency medicine. Um, you know, with the uh, the Food and Drug Administration, or a lot of you know, a lot of things are very difficult to uh, to push through the bureaucracy. They want to wring their hands and see is it safe? You know, should we do this? And you know, of course, there's uh, if it's going to save lives or has the potential of saving lives, uh, the military will jump right into it and. Uh, and then that actually uh, allows the uh, civilian medical bureaucracy to uh, accept it as a practice. And then it's not just on on uh, on uh, medical issues. Uh, you know, uh, all sorts of things. I I have firsthand information that you know uh, the way uh, the Federal Aviation Administration certifies certain uh, components of aircraft, and they have no. Uh, they had no strand standards for uh, jet aircraft, the turbine engine aircraft, uh, before the, the armed forces started using turbine engines, and they pioneered it, and the, uh, the FAA kind of piggybacked on that. Likewise, uh, uh, composite uh, airframe, uh, there were no standards for that. The military just went out and, and did it, and the FAA adopted those standards. So... There's all sorts of technology that happens, uh, you know, from your defense dollars, and uh, it, the benefits are, you know, that life-saving uh, helicopter that lands on the side of the interstate picks up, you know, uh, injured people and takes them off and, and uh, restores their uh, their health and their saves their lives. Very, uh, very useful. You know, I I guess one of the greatest stories that I know of uh, on a very local basis is uh, Rick White's son, Graham. And uh, he was severely injured in Iraq, uh, basically almost losing his right arm. And uh, they were able to uh, do enough on location to get him to uh, get him transported, and uh, he spent months in Walter Reed, but uh, Graham was determined he was not going to lose his right arm. And, uh, you know, he went through many surgeries, and uh, they were able to save his right arm, which I, again, don't know of any other country or any other operation that would go to the go to the time and the expense and the trouble that uh, they that our country went through for Graham and now it's paying off in multiples and that he will soon be general Graham White and uh, you know his experience is 
our government will put money into the individual and then they want to get their money's worth out and they do and they you know I, I'm looking forward to being able to uh, see Graham again and and uh, congratulate him on becoming a general uh, I'm very very pleased to hear that story um, you know the, the folks uh, in the army medical community you know I, their motto I believe is uh, preserve the fighting strength they can take a guy who's on the verge of losing his arm and uh, restore him to full duty and uh, allow him to uh, realize his potential to become a general officer, I think, uh, means an awful lot. Uh, yeah. that, that's a big success story for, for the Army medical community. He's uh, he's at the war school right now. and. War or college, I'm sorry. Yeah. And uh, he should be uh, out, I, I'm i not sure, but within a, a month or two at the most. And uh, I just, you know, he's, he, he is just the greatest guy I think I've ever met. He, he's just, uh, except for a guy named Rick White, his father. And uh, they are both just superb Americans and... You know, some of Graham's stories from uh, Iraq and are just uh, mind-boggling, you know. And uh, but he is—he uh, is a fine, fine young man, and is the epitome of a person that loves his country. And I can't think of anybody I'd rather salute than than Graham White or his father Rick. And his mother might have played a role in all of this. I don't know. I'm sure she did. But they uh, they are fine people. Um, so we, we've seen how, and I'm sure there are a lot of other stories out there, and I want to invite anybody that, uh, you know, has a medical story or would like to uh, be on the show at some point and tell about your experiences in Iraq or in the Middle East, we'd be glad to talk to you about uh, a date to be on. And uh, if you have any questions for Lieutenant Colonel Forsberg, retired I might add, but uh, if you have any questions or if you served under him, that would be fun too. <laughs> I, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's amazing. I still, I don't know about you, Phil, but. Um, I still, my favorite Christmas show is White Christmas and the general, you know, and uh, his unit coming back to support him after World War II. And I, it just, I guess that's part of the military, isn't it? You, know, you just, you, you work with guys, you're surrounded by guys, and, and uh, you, you just, you don't know the camaraderie that, and the friendships that you develop, and uh, they last a lifetime. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm sure that uh, you have the same situation with some of your men from uh, Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And like I said, I would I would love anybody that's listening, whether you're listening live or listening uh, on a podcast. And by the way, all of our shows are podcast and can be downloaded 
and listen to it any time. And uh, we're going to take another break in a, in a few minutes. And again, want to uh, praise and our Victor Armendaris that uh, does On Point with Victor. And uh, he's been chosen by Eric Erickson to uh, fill in for Eric over the Christmas holidays. And we've got one definite date, and that's on the 23rd of December. He'll be filling in for uh, Eric Erickson. And uh, this this show, or his show, will be going from WSB all across the country to 800 different locations and different radio stations. So we're very, very proud of Victor and and what he does for our station as well as what he's doing for uh, other stations at this point. And uh, I know he certainly appreciates our veterans as our whole station does. And you're more than welcome. I guess you'd take any questions, wouldn't you, Phil? Yeah. I think uh, I'd be happy. And, you know, I, I, I mean, you keep calling me the expert on things. And, you know, uh, I appreciate the uh, the respect. But, uh, honestly, uh, I'm only an expert in uh, in what I saw and what I, what I experienced. And, you know, everybody's experience is going to be a little bit different, um, you know, in mine was probably atypical in, in a lot of ways. So uh, I'd be very happy to entertain. Uh, if anybody has corrections for me on uh, anything I might have said, I'm, I'm happy to entertain. Well, we, uh, we run a disclaimer on, but at the same token, in my opinion, compared to me, you are the expert. And uh, uh, I think that compared to... <laughs> What is it? Ninety-nine percent of the folks, you are the expert, because we only have one percent of our population that ever serves, and um, certainly you know more about the situation in many situations than the folks that that have never put on a uniform. And um, so, again, for the station standpoint, we consider you the expert, and we appreciate your service. Uh, not only in Desert Shield and Desert Storm, but other areas that you served in. And uh, this is just something I, I I wish I could come up with some way to get it across to folks, uh, particularly our young folks, be they graduating from high school or college or just haven't made up their mind what they want to do in life, to give a look at the military because... It offers indescribable advantages. And, uh, you know, just everything from you can get medical training, you can, you, you just name it, you can get it. And, uh, I, it's just, uh, it's a business today and, uh, and a fantastic business. With that being said, we are going to take a break right quick and, uh, we'll be back with, Colonel Farsberg, right after this. 
you love classic and special interest cars? If so, listen to our podcast every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on America's Web Radio. Or find us on your favorite podcast site, iTunes, Spotify, or any of the others out there. We'll talk about classic cars. We'll talk to car guys. We'll talk to clubs that are here at our facility here in Classic Auto Mall. And we'll also talk about Classic Auto Mall and how we can help you sell your classic or special interest car. So give us a listen every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Thanks. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Hey, folks, this is Victor Armendariz with the On Point with Victor show right here from the America's Web Radio Studios with some great news. You need to mark your calendars December 23rd, and that's a Thursday. From 12 to 3, I will be guest hosting for the Eric Erickson Show. That's the nationally syndicated Eric Erickson Show, your humble host right here from America's Web Radio, On Point with Victor. I will be guest hosting for the Eric Erickson Show from 12 to 3, December 23rd, and that's a Thursday. Mark it down. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, and let's get back to remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And do you, and uh, we have our host, obviously, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Phil Forsberg with us. And Phil, do you think as we're coming into the season of... A holiday season that uh, brings back a lot of memories to a lot of folks, some good and some not so good. But uh, do you think that we're doing enough to remember our veterans, be they uh, even World War II veterans, a few that are still alive, Korea, Vietnam, uh, and on and on, and particularly Desert Shield and Desert Storm, as in some ways the conflict is still not over with. But do you think we're doing enough to keep people aware of our veterans? Well, um, you know, our our veterans, uh, uh, we have a lot of resources available to veterans, uh, but I I do find that... uh, in many cases, they're not aware of uh, what uh, what their service has earned, and they have misconceptions about who's entitled to them. Um, so, just once again to reiterate about the service officers, very important. That you need. May may I interrupt and add one thing too? Is that sure. as our government changes, particularly our legislature, our Congress, and uh, House of Representatives change and administration changes. The benefits also change, correct? Uh, well, you know, once they're instituted in law, um, that you know, it's if they become an entitlement, and uh, the other than enhancement of them, there's there's very little change from one administration to the other. Now. Uh, what does sometimes change is the uh, is the rate at which they'll uh, they'll you know boost up the uh, the payments. Um, but 
uh, that has a lot of that has to do with uh, inflation. So, uh, but uh, I will say that uh, I did see a marked change uh, from when he came into office to when he left office uh, of the. Um, under under President Trump, the uh, he got the fear of God into the, the folks that that uh, pushed paper around in the in the uh, in the VA, the the Department of Veterans Affairs, and uh, so he made some real and material changes that uh, for the good. Yeah. I want to add one other thing to that or, or add something to it. I checked the other day and it's still absolutely deplorable that the National Personnel Records Center is still closed and veterans cannot get their records if they need them, their 201 files or whatever, their DD-214s or whatever they need, they still don't have access to them. And the personnel records have been closed since 20 March of 2020. It's coming up on almost two years. And there's just no excuse for it. And it's very frustrating. Oh, it's terrible, and so whoever's in charge and whoever's taking our money for supposedly working there should, in my opinion, be put up against the wall. Um, I just, I don't know enough to say, and if you're a veteran or you're listening to the show, please, please contact your U.S. House member or U.S. your U.S. senator, and put pressure on them to get the records, the records administration open again. Uh, I've waited now over two years to get information, and uh, the only information I got was a couple of months ago that we're still closed, and. I'm sorry, but this isn't good enough. And whoever's in charge and running it is not doing a good job. And the administration doesn't seem to care. And just like you said, Phil, things had changed in a very positive way under Trump, and they've gone back to deplorable under Biden. That's my opinion. But, you know, we have to take care of our veterans or we're not going to have any. And uh, what what they're doing in St. Louis is just, they, those people have no shame. So, with that, I'm sorry, go ahead. When you, when you take care of your veterans, you... The folks who are on active duty or consider the young people that are considering active duty pay close attention to how the veterans are treated. Absolutely. If you don't have an army, you won't have a country very long. No, sir. And uh, 
we're going, as a country, we're going through some hard times, and you mentioned the word inflation a minute ago. Uh, I don't want to get political, but it's uh, where we are today is getting darker and darker. And uh, just like you said, if you don't take care of your veterans, you won't have an army to take care of you. And uh, I... <laughs> There, there's that part of me or part of any veteran that, uh, you know, we stick together. And uh, there's going to come a time when our military will be looked to and it won't be able to perform. And that's, uh, that's a scary thought. Well, and, you know, and it's like that helicopter thing. You never need one until you need one really bad. Right. You never need an army until you need one really bad. And uh, anyway, that's, uh, I just feel that I, I don't ever do the job that I would like to do on getting civilians to understand how important both active duty, future military, active duty, and veterans are. And for those that haven't served, um, the least they can do is support the folks that are serving and support our veterans. And uh, that can be done in a, a thousand and one different ways. And, uh, you know, even even the meaningful Christmas cards. And, by the way, I want to mention, too, that Toys for Tots, still in existence, they're still doing their thing, the Marines are still handling it, and all they ask for is brand-new toys, still wrapped up in, in their plastic bubble wrap or whatever so they can see what kind of toy it is. You don't want to give a uh, girl a uh, tank. You want to give a girl a, a cute doll. So get those toys and drop them off at your local Toys for Tots pickup facility. And uh, I, I, I don't remember how long they've been doing that, but... We uh, we salute them, and uh, we lost a member of our staff uh, that was a veteran a couple of weeks ago. That uh, he always gave ten or twenty brand new bicycles to Toys for Tots, and um, in the years to come, we hope to renew what Steve had done for years and years, and. Uh, we're going to be asking for everyone's support in helping us to uh, get the funds to buy 10 or 20 bicycles, brand new, and give them to uh, Toys for Tots to distribute to kids that aren't as fortunate as our kids may have been or our kids are today. And so we, uh, we're going to be setting up the Steve Ronaldo Bicycle Fund and uh, we're going to try to get it going and totally operative by uh, in full operation by uh, well before next Christmas. And um, like 
any veteran that dies. And uh, Steve had multiple injuries from uh, Vietnam, but uh, didn't wasn't a Agent Orange victim or anything else. But uh, he uh, did die of COVID, and uh, then immediately thereafter, a week later, his wife died. So we miss Steve, and uh, we miss a good veteran. So with that being said, uh, Phil, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, David, I'd like to say a very Merry Christmas to uh, everyone, uh, and especially to our veterans and uh, my brothers and sisters that served alongside me in, in Desert Storm and before and afterward, and also... Uh, to their families and to, to all good taxpaying Americans and, uh, also just to, to remind folks that, uh, in the holiday season, there's, uh, you know, just remember, uh, there, there are still a lot of homeless vets. There are, uh, veterans that, uh, are dealing with some pretty deep, uh, emotional problems and, we lose way too many veterans to uh, suicide, and I think this season is going to probably peak to a great deal. Uh, of, and I think part of it's going to be the, the, you know, the situation in the country and what, what's going on. And um, I think it behooves each of us to uh, know the warning signs of, of uh, folks who may be thinking of harming themselves and to know what to do and have phone numbers handy um, to get the job done to offer help. And by the way, you can go to our website, and uh, I believe uh, that uh, Brett has set it up on our website that you can click on uh, PTS or uh, suicide intervention, and it'll take you to a uh, link on Phil's page on our website. And uh, you can click there and immediately get help. And uh, like you said, Phil, it's so important, and this is a tough time of the year for a lot of veterans. With that being said, we're going to get out of here and uh, thank Lieutenant Colonel Phil Forsberg for being with us again. And uh, it's up to you whether we do a show next week, Phil. We'll be in touch with you, okay? Yes, sir. Take care. All right, bye. Bye. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.